We are in a new series in the book of Joshua, and this morning I would like to read the whole first chapter. If you have a Bible, I invite you to follow along. There's some in the pews there in front of you. Joshua chapter 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will leave these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites and Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. The Lord your God is giving you rest and has granted you this land. Your wives, your children, your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, fully armed, must cross over ahead of your brothers you are to help your brothers until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you. And until they have taken possession of the land that the Lord your God has given them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, a servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan River toward the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you've commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. And whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. One of my, one of my favorite things I did for a number of years when I was in high school was tubing on the Apple River. How many of you have been tubing on the Apple River? Okay. A bunch, a few of you. Somerset, Wisconsin, the Apple River. You head over there and you rent a tube for about eight bucks and you go down the river and you jump on the tube and you just sit back and chill out and you just flow down this lazy river uh, <coughs> 
nice summer day. It's a very relaxing thing to do. And we used to do that quite often. At the end of this river, which was pretty uneventful, however, there was, I think it was a man-made wall. And it was about a two to two and a half foot drop there. And when, when we had gone, you, you couldn't see it because when you're down on the inner tube, you know, on, on the river, it just looked like smooth river. And, uh, and all of a sudden you were there. And we would, we would go down and then I would, after I was done, <coughs> I would take my inner tube up and, and sit on like a big lounge chair right on this waterfall drop off and watch people come down. And, and you would see people coming with their, you know, designer sunglasses up on their forehead and coolers of beer and, and everything. And people would come and they had no idea what was just about to happen. And uh, you would hit that, and if you weren't expecting it, you would just flip upside down. People would come up, everything on their head was gone, the coolers were upside down, and people would stand about 200 yards downstream with their hands on the bottom picking up uh, cans of beer and, and anything else that was coming down the river. I've always thought that that picture was kind of like a picture of life. Every once in a while, you'd see someone paddling upstream against the current through all the tubes, and, and it always seemed a bit odd that they weren't just relaxing like the rest of us. And it took, you could see them straining to paddle against the current. Jesus kind of said it like this, you know, wide is the road that leads to destruction. Many are on it, the easy road, and then there's the narrow road, which can be hard. And there are few on it. That's how Jesus described it. Joshua, in the book of Joshua, we have a metaphor, and this isn't just about history. This is about your life. This is a picture. This is a metaphor of your life. God has a promised land. He has taken you out of Egypt, out of bondage to sin, and now he, he wants to take you into a place of, of great blessing in your life. But it's, it's not without battles and it's not without challenges and, and obstacles that we need to overcome and we're going to have to trust him for. We see that this is a picture of the place that, that God has for us. And getting to that place is not always easy. It doesn't come, as I said, without, without a struggle. In fact, some of you right now are saying they're saying this, this this Christian life is this is hard it's one of the hardest things I've I've ever done you know you were sometimes and, and we go through seasons in our lives you know you first get saved and God saves you and he brings you out of Egypt and you're just so thankful to be to be gone from that but then you know you realize there are things that we carry with us in our lives there are patterns and there are habits and ways of thinking and and ways of acting, and it can be a challenge to, to begin to see those things change in your life, but change they must if we're going to experience the fullness of what God has for us in our lives. Now, the Bible uses the word dying to self, crucifixion. Uh, let me tell you, that can be very painful. Dying is no fun. Crucifixion was no fun, but through that, through death, the Bible says, comes life. 
And so we're in this process of, of dying to things in our lives and, and, and ultimately experiencing the life that God has for us on the other side. To live out the Christian life, you have to stand against the world in all of its ways. You have to stand against your own flesh and all of its appetites. We have lots of them. Uh, and against forces of evil in this world, unseen forces all around us. And so that's going to take strength and it's going to take courage. It's going to take everything it took Joshua to enter into the land for you and I to enter into this land. And so there's a lot we can learn here. This morning I want to, I want to share uh, a phrase that's used over and over and over again, four or five times here in, in the first chapter. And I want to talk about that. The, the phrases and the admonition that it's going to take strength and courage. It's going to take strength and courage, Joshua, to take back, to take this land. And it's going to take strength and courage in your life to get to the place that God has for you. The four things I'll, I'd like to give you just to think about this morning. So here's the first one. This is verse 6, chapter 1. It says, be strong and courageous because... And, and I'm going to read from the ESV here because I, I like how it states it. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to the, inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give them. Number one, realize that God will use you to cause others to be blessed. God can use your life cause others to be blessed. So God comes to Joshua and he says, Joshua, do you see this million and a half people behind you? Do you see these men and women and the young children and their families? I'm going to cause you, through your strength and obedience, I'm going to cause you to be a blessing in their lives. There had to have been I just had, I, I can't help but think there must have been a lot of motivation there for Joshua to step out in courage because there was a lot at stake. A lot that God was going to do in lives of other people through his life. Parents, God wants to cause you to be a conduit of blessing to your children. He wants to use you to cause that to happen. Employees, he wants you to be you know, he wants to cause others at work to be blessed through your presence in that place. Spouses, he wants to cause you to help your mate experience what God has for them in their lives. Students, he wants you to cause you to lead your friends to a, a place of blessing through your life. He, he wants to cause that through your life. Vicky and I were watching a, a movie, online movie here the other night. How many of you seen uh, Ray Comfort's The Atheist Delusion? How many of you seen that? We had to watch that. It's free online. And uh, Ray Comfort is an evangelist. He's the one that did Way of the Master with Kirk Cameron. Remember that? Remember that? And, and you may not, <coughs> you know, some people like that, that approach. Other people don't. That's fine. But Ray Comfort is a man of courage. And in this documentary video that he does, he, he, he's interviewing, it's, it's basically an on-the-street interviewing with 10 different people. And when they initiate the conversation, they're all atheists. They're all atheists. 
and, and through a willingness and courage to step out and begin to engage and, and, and talk with them, by, by the end of the conversation, all, all 10 of those people, there's not a one of them that's an atheist anymore. And in fact, the majority of them have, have said that by the time they go home tonight, they are going to consider forgiveness of sin through the person of Jesus Christ. Now, it's, it's really kind of a, it's, it's very intriguing just to watch the process and uh, how the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and, and God confronting that, how it, how it changes their lives and how God uses that. And by the end, you know, you wonder, what is the trajectory of those ten lives as a result of a man who was willing to step out in courage and engage those people. God will cause your life to be a blessing to others. Now, some of you are probably here saying, you know, I, uh, for many years of my life, I had no, no idea uh, <clears throat> about Christ and what he could do in my life and his transforming work. And there's a lot of water over there. I mean, my kids were grown and gone before I even understood that I was lost myself. You know, how could I lead them into that land? Let me tell you, it is never too late. Because that was yesterday, and, and you can't change yesterday, but you have tomorrow, and you have today. And God can cause you, through courage and uh, strength, God can cause you to be a blessing in the lives of others. I can't tell you how many memorial services I've stood at where some young person in their early 20s got up and said, you know what? The, the most powerful person in my life, the most influential person in my life, it wasn't a friend, it wasn't mom, it wasn't dad, it was grandma, or it was grandpa. And, and I've seen them talk with just weeping with tears just pouring down their face, talking about the influence of a grandparent in the life of a grandchild. And so you can be a cause of blessing if you're willing to act in courage and step out and take some risks and do what God's asking you to do. God will use you in, in amazing ways uh, in the lives of, of other people. Here's number two. Verses seven and eight. And this is, you're going to find this just repeating itself over and over again. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Wherever you go. It's not about wherever you go. It's about do not depart from my word, and you'll be successful then wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, and then you will be prosperous and you will be successful. So here's what God's saying. Joshua, you know, this, the strength and courage will be there for you as long as you're acting in accordance with what I'm asking you to do with, with my word. So when you're living your life out in accordance with God's word, you have the confidence that because you are doing what God asked you to, that, that God is going to empower you to do that. You have that confidence. When we depart from the word of God, 
That's not a place where we should feel courage and strength because we have departed from the way that the Lord has given to us. You know, it, it takes courage to discipline your child when you know you do it, they're going to tell you that they hate you. It takes courage when you're riding on the bus and everybody else is using four-letter words. It takes courage to, to not speak that way, even though you know you're going to seem like the oddball out. It, it takes courage to decline a higher-paying job because you're doing something you feel God is calling you to do or you, you want more time for ministry or for your family. Uh, those things, living your life according to God's word, will take courage. You're living in school today. It's going to take courage. Uh, you're going to be paddling upstream wherever you go. You're going to have to be strong, and you're going to have to be courageous. You know, when we talk about courage, we're not, we're not just talking about applying to be on the survivor or talking about, you know, hang gliding in the Swiss Alps or, or climbing Mount Everest. When we talk about courage, we're talking about the courage to act on and live out the words that God has given to you. That will take courage in your life, and that will take strength in your life. It's the courage to do the will of God, the Word of God. Not just read it, not just study it, not just memorize it, not just come and hear sermons about it, to do it. Uh, here's what it says in James, and uh, this is a... This is an interesting, interesting passage here. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. So when you read the Bible and you listen it, to it and you understand it, but you don't do it, you're deceiving yourself. And the reason you're deceiving yourself is you think you're, we think we're doing something spiritually right when we read the Bible or we you know, have our devotions in the morning. But if we're not living it out, we're deceiving ourselves. It's doing us no good. He says, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, he says, he's like the guy that looks at his face in the mirror and obviously sees something like dirt on his face or something. He looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, he goes away. And uh, next slide. Immediately forgets what he looks like. This is a guy that looks at the mirror, gets up in the morning, his hair's standing on end because he slept on it, and he walks out the door, he forgets that he needs to comb his hair. That's what it's like. He says, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do what he sees there, not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. That is, that is such a great commentary on, on Joshua chapter 1. In this section, you know, you cannot separate God from his word any more than you can, you know, do that as a parent's word to their children. So you're a parent and you tell your child, I want you to get your jammies on and I want you to get a drink of water and I want you to go up to bed. And your kid goes in the other room, plops down the couch and turns on the TV. He is not just not doing what he, his parent told him to. He is disregarding, he is disrespecting the authority of his parent. And so we, we see here 
that we cannot separate our relationship with God from his word. If, if we are dissing God's word and ignoring God's word, then we're ignoring him and we're dissing him. It's not just about his word, it's about him because these words have come from him. And so we see here a motivation in the end of this verse. Says, look, you, you want to be successful in your life and you want to be prosperous? No, God defines those terms. doesn't always mean that you, you're going to necessarily make a lot of money. It might. There are people whom God prosper in that way, but there are lots of ways to prosper, lots of ways to be successful. And, and God has a, a, a life of success and prosperity for all his people. Doesn't mean you're going to maybe always be healthy, but it means that God is going to bring success to your life as he defines success. And he says, if you will be strong and courageous and live your life according to my word, you have this promise for me. This is one of, you know, there someone has counted them up, 8,810 promises in the Bible. 8,810 times. And this is one of them. You live your life in courage and strength according to my word. I will bless you and prosper your life. Here's number three. Verse nine. It says, have I not commanded you? Here it is again. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, God will be with you. You know what that means? means whatever situation in life, whatever life, whatever circumstance, you know, life brings you into, I will be with you. So David said it this way, yea, though I walk through even the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. So that, that's the truth here. I think this is one of the most powerful truths there is. I think this is one of the most transforming things is to actually believe in your heart. Actually believe that God is with you every moment of every day, wherever you go, that he is with you. In Exodus 33, the people have just sinned against God with the golden, they built the golden calf while, while Moses was up getting the Ten Commandments and he comes back and God announces his displeasure and, and uh, <coughs> discipline in the camp and many people die and it's a terrible time for Israel. And then God comes back to them and he's speaking with Moses and he said, you know what, Moses? You and the people, you can go on to the promised land. I'll see that you get there. I'll see that you, see that you get in. But you know what? I'm not going with you. My presence is not going to go with you. And Moses, in those classic words, he's a very moving section of scripture. He says, God, he says, if you're not going to go with us, we don't want to go. Because if you don't go with us, what is going to distinguish us from any of the other people? We're not going to be any different. And so he, he cries out to God, and, and, and God uh, listens to Moses' cry, and he promises that he will go with the people into the promised land. It's a very, very powerful, powerful moment. You know, everything around us, everything big diminishes when God is with us. 
So your worries diminish when you know God's with you. You know, the, the obstacles diminish. The challenges diminish. You know, for David, Goliath got really short because this was a young man who was aware of the presence of God. You know, everybody else was, you know, they were comparing Goliath to David. David was comparing Goliath to God. And it was not much of a challenge when he knew that God was with him. There are two great truths that God has spoken to me uh, in my life. I would say the number one greatest truth for me is that is when God just spoke to my heart and said, you are my son. The second greatest truth that, that God has spoken to me is this one, and that is, and I am with you. Wherever you go, I'm not going anywhere. I am with you wherever you go. I am with you wherever you go. That's the third one. That's something you might think about. It's an incredibly powerful truth. So here's number four, the last one. Verse 18. Whoever rebels against your word, the people are talking now, and they're, in essence, agreeing with God on this. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them will be put to death. That is a pretty radical statement. Don't you think? So, Lord, here's what we're saying. Anybody that doesn't obey your word, we're going to put them to death. And then he says, he ends by saying, only be strong and courageous. Well, that's a pretty good motivation to be strong and courageous, isn't it? And, you know, this brings up something about, you know, the, the Old Testament. By the way, in, in, the, in the passage here, we, we see here that this is a response. There were, there were a couple of the tribes that wanted to stay on the east side of the river. They didn't want to go over because they had lots of livestock and the land there where they were on this side of the Jordan, that land was, was really good for livestock. And so the Lord said, okay, you can stay here, but here's the deal. All of your men who have the ability to fight, they have to go across the river help everybody else conquer the land, then they can come back and they can settle into their own land. And so the people are saying, okay, we're, we're agreeing to this, we're going to be obedient, uh, we're going to be obedient to whatever you say, Lord, and if we're not, uh, we realize that we're under the penalty of, of death. That's the situation here that is, is going on with the people. And so we read this, and we read other places where, you know, if, you know, the penalty for doing things was, was death. And it just seems so severe in the Old Testament. And it seems like God almost changed into the New Testament. But yet the Bible tells us that God never changes, that God is the same old and, and new. And so, you know, the question, what kind of a, of a God endorses a statement like that, that you, know, you disobey me and you'll be put to death. What kind of a God endorses that? I'll tell you what kind of a God endorses that. A God who is holy. A God who is just. A God who knows that even one sin will condemn you to death. 
Because the New Testament agrees. The New Testament says, for the wages, Romans, it says the wages of sin is death. And it doesn't, take, it doesn't say the wages of 20 sins or 40 sins or really bad sins. It says just the wages of any sin, any sin of any kind, the wage is death. And so we look at these Old Testament punishments of sin and, and they seem so severe and yet we see that nothing has really changed. We see that God offers you and he offers me his grace through Christ, but apart from that, we're under the penalty of death. We're under condemnation, all of us, apart from Christ, for even just one sin in our lives. And we also see that it would take death to pay for your sin, for my sin. It would take the death of Christ on the cross. Even for just one sin, Christ would have had to die. And, and so, so we, we see here, that a strong motivation to be obedient to God's word and to be strong and courageous in doing that because sin is really serious stuff. And if you want to be prosperous and successful, it's not going to happen if you're living contrary to God's word. It's just not going to happen. And so, you know, if, if you... If you look at your life and, and you don't sense there's any success or prosperity going on, uh, a good place to start with that is to say, am I living contrary to God's word in some area of my life? Am I in rebellion against God by not heeding his word in my life? You know, if you ask your child to do three things for you and, and they do two and they ignore the third one, you, you usually don't go up and pat them on the back and say, hey, two out of three is really good. And so, you know, is there something in your life that God's revealed to you where you know that you're, you're living in disobedience to him? You need to have the strength and the courage to face that and, and, and through God's power and through his grace, just like, you know, just like Joshua moving into the land. I mean, that thing may be like the walls of Jericho, but... We're going we're gonna to see that when, when Joshua is willing to step out in courage and obedience, miracles happen. Things that the people thought could never happen, happen because God honors his word. And God will honor the life that steps out in courage to obey and to believe his word. You know, you're going to have those things in your life. It's absolutely normal in the Christian life. And, and those are like, you need to look at those like the battles that Joshua and the people of Israel were going to face. And, and you'll just win one battle and you'll turn around and then, and then lo and behold, there's another, there's another obstacle to be overcome, another thing to be defeated. And through the word of God and through strength and through courage and through fighting that fight, you can win those battles in your life. It's a beautiful picture of what God is wanting to see happen in our lives. And, and here on this last one, it's, it's kind of a warning to us. You know, he started with saying, Joshua, I'm going to cause you to be great blessing in the lives of these people. If we're not strong and courageous, the opposite can happen. And we can be a very negative force and negative influence and negative impact in the lives of other people. Back in Numbers chapter 14, 
Numbers 14 and, and verse 18, the people rebel. And they choose not to believe, they choose not to take God at his word and not to do it. What God said was, look, I will take you into the land and I will make you victorious and give you the land. The people said, we don't believe you'll do it. And so we're not going. And they rebelled against God. And uh, that was the first time around. And, and listen to what happened as a result of that. Verse 18, it says, The Lord is slow in anger and abounding in love and forgiving sin and rebellion. That's God. You know what? I'm, I'm here to tell you that God will forgive any sin in your life. You trust in him, you'll forgive any sin. Listen to what it says. Yet, he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and the fourth generation. That is a sobering thought. That my actions, my actions are going to affect generations to come, either for good or for bad. In verse 28, he says this. He says, so tell them, surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. In this desert, your bodies will fall, every one of you, 20 years old or more, who has who was counted in the census and who has grumbled against me. Not one of you will enter the land I swore with the uplifted hand to make your home except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. So here it is, folks. I'm going to forgive you completely, fully. My mercy is extended, but, you know, here's the consequence of that disobedience. And then he writes this. And you see a balance here. As for your children that you said would be taken as plunder, I will bring them in to enjoy the land you have rejected. So there's a, a blessing God promises because the kids really weren't at fault here. But there's a flip side of that. The kids weren't at fault, and yet he says this. He says, um, your children, he says, the, the children will enjoy this land you have rejected. He said, but your children will be shepherds here for 40 years, suffering for your unfaithfulness until the last of your bodies lie in the desert. Your kids are going to suffer for what, for the decisions that you have made to disobey. Do not trust me. And so that's a, that's a very sobering thought, and it's intended to be a sobering thought. It's intended to also, from a different angle, motivate us to be strong and courageous and to take God at his word and, and to live out his word because there's a lot at stake. It's not just about you. It's not just about me. It's about my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. That is the potential for all of us for great impact if we're willing to believe God and we're, we are devoted to following his word and living it out in our lives. I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Father, we want to enter this land. I don't think there's anybody in this room that doesn't want to enter this, this place of success and prosperity that you have um, promised to us. And you've told us in your word, if we're going to experience that, there's certain things we need to believe and there are certain things we need to do. We need to take you at your word. We need to know your word. We need to be in it. We need to be meditating on it. We, we need to be knowing it so we can do it. We can't do it 
if we don't know it. But we can also know it and not do it. So we pray that you would, uh, <coughs> that we would be devoted to knowing it and doing it, that you'd empower us even to do that. Father, we don't want to be like the first generation who came to a place of blessing and just didn't believe that you could do it. So, Father, give us faith, whatever. Lord, <coughs> today as we're here, there might be some area in people's lives that you have just brought up and, and brought to their attention. And, uh, Father, an area that you want them to receive, to have victory in. So, Father, I pray that we would, whatever those areas are, that we would, we would truly, and you would grant a, uh, a vision for being strong and courageous, to move towards those enemies, to face them, to do battle with them, to realize that you can cause our lives to be a, a blessing, not only for us, but for people around us, if we're willing to do it, that we would do it according to your word, that we would also understand that though it may be difficult that you have promised us your presence and your power with us and father we want to do this because we want our children to be blessed we want people around us to be blessed we want our friends to be blessed so father might you just use your word here in our lives thank you for it thank you for uh, the gift of your grace to us through jesus christ and uh, that through him we can experience uh, victory in our lives. Just use your word today. We pray this.